Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, a.k.a. Jake from State Farm, uh, as Andy likes to allude to. So along with my co-host, Andy Dolich, and our special guest today, Jason Golden, who is the Senior Vice President of Revenue and Strategy for Richard Childress Racing, and extremely excited to talk to Jason about the NASCAR auto racing motorsport industry. I mean, there's, there's so much that goes on there, and Jason, you're our first guest within that world, so welcome to the podcast and excited to get started. Well, thanks, Jake. I hope that that probably means a little bit of extra pressure on me, but I'm, I'm happy to join and certainly like uh, like to get a chance to talk shop a little bit with both you and Andy, and hopefully we can um, shed a little light on the world of NASCAR and maybe uh, uh, do a little bit of myth busting along the way, which is certainly part of our theme when we when we talk to potential corporate sponsors and, and share with you a little bit about how the sponsorship side of things works for um, for a NASCAR race team. Oh, that's great. And and I wouldn't start off this episode correctly if I didn't mention that uh, we we do have, again, three Bobcats on the on the phone and on the mic today. Uh, so, Andy, with that said, I'll, I'll kick it to you. First and foremost, um, as Jake said, um, we've had a lot of two legged guests. We haven't had any four wheeled guests yet. <laughs> um, so no, no pressure on you. Before you go through uh, your career from Athens um, and where you've gone after that, uh, a bit of history, because not everybody knows who Richard Childress is. And there's so many spectacular names in the world of NASCAR. If you could just take a moment uh, before you go into your bio, talk a bit about Richard Absolutely. And that's one of the things we always do touch on in my role when we start to educate potential um, prospects or partners of Richard Childress Racing. He is one of the iconic names and one of the one of the um, one on the Mount Rushmore, if you will, of of NASCAR and is a NASCAR Hall of Famer. Um, He has a only in America kind of story, Um, you know, came from very humble beginnings and grew up in the Carolinas where kind of NASCAR is rooted from. And as a young kid was enamored with with race car drivers, and those were his heroes as he went to local racetracks near where he grew up and eventually became a a kid where he was a a vendor selling peanuts and popcorn at local racetracks to watch his heroes. And and finally one day scraped together enough money uh, on the side to buy an old taxi cab for $20, and he converted that into his first race car and raced for many years himself behind the wheel um, um, and, and did it with, as even he would say, moderate success, but knew he wanted to make a go of it in the NASCAR world and um, was lucky enough or smart enough or probably some of both, as he also would say, to hire a young, a young driver named Dale Earnhardt. And the rest, as they say, certainly is history. Helped put Richard Childress on the map, they were a powerhouse duo within the world of NASCAR, and I'm sure we'll get more into that, but that, that certainly helped put RCR on the map, and we celebrated our 50th anniversary last year, 2019, so certainly have had some staying power with success, frankly, on the track and off the track in the boardroom um, throughout the years. And we just, since we're always uh, willing to brag about Ohio University, because we can, Mm -hmm. um, 
Other men and women uh, graduates, I mean, I've been friends with Robin Bragg for 30 years, but can you go through sort of a quick uh, motor racing all-star team of people from OU? Absolutely. There's certainly a handful of them. I'll start with that Richard Childress Racing. So I'm one of three um, Ohio University alums there. Um, Lauren Hoffman Street, who I think passed uh, across. Oh, past yeah. Year. Make yeah. sure you say hi to Lauren for me. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Person. She's the best. And Colleen Oberly also works on my team there. But there are several. You mentioned Robin Bragg. You also have Dennis Bickmeyer, who's the president yep. at, at Richmond. Richmond International Raceway, a, a good buddy of mine who's not too, only a couple of classmates away from uh, class years away from me, Matt Long here at at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, there, gosh, there are several, several in in the motorsports world and, and others at uh, on the racing on the race side for NASCAR, also in IndyCar and Open Wheel, and uh, you know Mike Redlick had uh, spent some time in Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, so there's there's a handful of Bobcats for sure along the way. And I'm sure and, I'm missing. I'm sure I'm missing. Yeah, one. from your time in Athens, I mean, did you grow up as a fan of racing, or how did you get your wheels moving in the right direction? You know, it's funny I didn't, and that's that's one of the things when I talked to Jim Kaler, I never would have would have dreamed that you know when I went into Ohio U, or when you asked me, and you know, coming out of out of high school or into college, if I was going to work in the NASCAR world or in motorsports, it certainly would not have been at the top of my list, but. Uh, knew I wanted to be around sports and and uh, the opportunity just kind of came to me early in my career to work at one of the speedways and from there uh, drew grew a affinity certainly for the business side of the sport it's it's like no other and and uh, have uh, have had the relative success I guess you would say in the motorsports world along the way so Jason can you explain for us uh, and and the audience and, and our listeners across you know whether they're students or they're in the industry and they're they're thinking okay racing uh obviously you know you've heard of some of the big races like the daytona 500 or the indy 500 and but then there's you know there's there's nascar there's you know companies such as yours then there's isc i mean can you explain a little bit just the difference and and all the different moving parts of of the industry as a whole certainly so you know obviously the the motorsports world is is huge it's global right if you think about formula one as probably the biggest global uh motorsport um out there but then when you talk about the in america the biggest one certainly is nascar but you also have indycar and you've got drag racing and you've got other forms of motorsports all along the way and um you know, a NASCAR team like ours, one of the premier NASCAR teams like ours, participates as one of the teams in, you know, what NASCAR sanctions several several different uh, versions or several different levels of racing. Maybe if, if you were going to use a baseball analogy, you know, the Cup Series is kind of like the major leagues. And then we've got the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series, which would feel more like AAA or AA. So there's a lot of different kind of ways and a lot of different forms um, or entities within the motorsports world, which is interesting, but also sometimes challenging from a corporate sales perspective, looking through my lens, you know, it's a little bit more siloed. I don't, I'm a race team that shows up to the different racetracks and participates, but I don't have venue assets. There is no home venue for me, right? We have a 36 race schedule, one of the longest schedules in sports that could last about 10 months. 
and we go from place to place to place. And when you talk about, you know, corporate involvement, there's several different uh, entities trying to vie for those corporate dollars, television and radio and the racetracks themselves and league partnerships and team partnerships. So uh, it's a pretty interesting space and certainly one that's uh, unique to navigate. Jake, did I ever tell you about my connection to NASCAR? I don't believe so. Can you enlighten us? Uh, no. So let's go on to our next question. No. Um, so uh, when I was at the Oakland A's, we got a lot of positive publicity and a gentleman had just bought a Sonoma Raceway, mm-hmm. which I believe to this day is one of the two or maybe the only road track in NASCAR. That's correct. Watkins yeah. Glen. But I think is it Sonoma now the only one? We go to Sonoma and Watkins Glen in the Cup Series for road course racing, yeah. so it's still one of the only few and one that uh, we always enjoy to get to. Yeah. Right. So the gentleman uh, said, hey, you know, you guys are doing pretty good there in Oakland. I just bought this track. You got some marketing know-how. Why don't you come up here and, uh, you know, be the general manager of the track? And I said, you know what? Who could say no to Sonoma? But I've got a great job here. I love working for the Haas family. Uh, but I got a guy that was working for me, and this is 1988, I think. And his name is Steve Page. He's one yep. of our better young, uh, smart guys. And I said, how about you speak to Steve? Steve Page gets the job. He's been the president of Sonoma, then Infineon, now Sonoma again. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably one of the greatest places that you could work in the world of racing, Um it is spectacularly beautiful. That track could never be built today because of environmental concerns, literally in the middle of vineyards in Sonoma. And I'll always remember each year there's a big dinner on that race weekend um, on Friday night, and they always have sort of big-time people. And Steve and I have remained friends, and uh he always puts me at a great table, and when Cars 2, I think that's what it was called, I sat next to Mater from Cars 2. <laughs> and, that's and great. It, my wife, Ellen, knew zero, right? And she <laughs> hears this guy talking, and of course, you know, he doesn't absolutely talk that way, but the actor who played Mater... Mm-hmm. Um, was just the nicest guy, and it was one of my favorite evenings. We all go to hundreds of dinners uh, in the world of sports and entertainment, but like I've sat with a lot of important people, but I'll put Mater up there in, <laughs> in my top five because that whole thing happened because of Pixar yep. and the genius of Pixar, who Steve became friends with and said, hey, what if we turn this wow, how would you like to have 1% of what um, those movies have made? It was a magical evening, and Steve is one of the best guys that I've ever worked with in sports. And, and uh, I go up there every year um, because it is, you know, anybody who hasn't been to a NASCAR event is not doing justice to their world of mm-hmm. uh, being someplace magical, because even if you're not somebody who's into racing, it doesn't matter. You're going to have a heck of a time. 
You know, Andy, we're we're having Steve on as a guest. You think we could get Mater too? <laughs> uh, I think Pat Gallagher. Um, if we can't get Mater, then Pat could come on as Mater, <laughs> or I can. Oh, uh, that, well, that could be, be interesting. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. You could make that ask, but um, you know, I'm sure you've you've been to the race and you know Steve, but. That whole uh, that whole week is just magical, incredible. Yep. yep, yep, absolutely is, and certainly going to Sonoma. That's one of the highlights of the year for us. And you know, I liken it kind of almost to you know the PGA, right? We've got thirty six race events a year, but there are some that are a little more special, better locales, and some that are majors, if you will. And uh, Sonoma is always high on the list. And when again looking through my lens on the sponsorship side, I know this will come as a surprise to you, but uh, a lot of hosting and experiential and hospitality inquiries come around when we uh, when we go to wine country. <laughs> yeah, not surprising, <laughs> and nothing against the other stops that are all mind-boggling and positive. But sure. this interview that I did earlier today, which brings up the point that so many sports are going to come back, um, at least on the drawing board, with no fans. Mm -hmm. And to me, I've always been in the fan side of the business. There are no more loyal fans in the world of sport than NASCAR fans. And I think you'd probably agree with me without much urging. How is it going to work? I mean, yes, the TV is incredible, the in-car dynamics, digital. But how's it going to work in in the realm of NASCAR where hundreds of thousands fans are it's in their dna sure be at the track sure yeah the the brand loyalty and the and and the nascar fans loyalty to our sponsors and and those that that adorn the cars and support our sport is second to none and it's still that way and that's a big part of what we sell when you think about you know how people even identify with the cars think about the way we brand our uniforms and our cars compared to other sports right so for us they root for the caterpillar car or the budweiser car or the coca-cola car whatever it might be but in football you know you root for the the dallas cowboys not the dallas miller lights and so the brand association is quite strong um part of it is because our fans know how important sponsorship is to nascar teams it goes back a little bit to i talked before about how there's so many different entities kind of vying for those those corporate dollars. So unlike a stick and ball team, a, a NASCAR race team, our revenue, nearly two thirds of it comes from sponsorship dollars, right? We're not as diversified as an MLB team and NFL team, NBA, NHL, and so on and so forth. The NASCAR teams also know that, and they know that we require our sponsors to, in order to race and in order to participate and in a sport where money equals six speed, speed and money equals success it really drives some of that, that interest. So still a huge, you know, a huge presence on television. And that's a big driving part of it. Like you said, Andy, you know, we've got a, we're in the middle of a 10 year television contract that pays us more than $850 million a year as a whole to the NASCAR program for our TV. But there is so much about the live experience and the hosting experience and the B2B connections that are made in the pits in the garage on race day, that it's going to be some uncharted territory as we come back and race without fans in the stands and without VIP guests on the pits and garage or in the luxury suites or wherever it might be. So certainly driving the television side of things, and that's going to the other side. How are we going to make up for 
the connection and the access that NASCAR is so well known for, right? Having fans on pit road and having the opportunity to interact with owners and drivers and other superstars of the sport on game day or race day in our, in our case, um, it's going to be a challenge. We're going to have to understand and figure out what we do, but I think everybody's going to have to, as we go through this pandemic, understand what that's going to mean moving forward and what does it mean for the live experience at the venue and, um, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I had all those answers today because I don't. And it's something that's, that we're Jason, working on all the time. Yeah. Jason, you, you talked about how it, it is different than an MLB team, NFL, NBA, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But you've had experiences outside of racing that you can also draw upon um, as well. Can you talk a little bit about what you've learned from some of those roles and stops along you know, your uh road to success so far and and how that can uh, be of use in, you know, situation like this and then in the future. Sure. Yeah, I do think, and and you're right, I've, I've spent, you know, I've had, I've been in corporate sales for 20 years and, and, and been a lot of different places and been in the NBA and been on, uh, you know, been at the racetrack, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and then worked many years in college sports. I've spent the most time in college sports and in motor sports. And I feel like those are the two most passionate fan bases there are out there. Um, and understanding and tapping into the passion and tapping into the, the emotional connection that people make to our, our drivers and our teams. And, and when I was at college at the university side, we've really got to try to play into that. We've really got to try to focus on and understand how we can differentiate ourselves. And we've got to continue to try to find a way to drive the access that we can, um, that, that we're so well known for access to, again, to drivers, owners, and superstars within the sport. We've got to try to, I, I, I've literally been on calls kind of sharing best practices over the last few weeks with those on the IndyCar side and those at IMG College and those at Learfield and several other places and trying to understand what they're going to do and how people are going to pivot and how does content and digital platforms come even more in focus as if it wasn't before, but even more in focus now to try to deliver the value for our partners and to try to continue to engage in a very authentic way with the fans. And that brings up a point that, that I've been focusing on lately that uh, the visual of sport is incredible and yours is maybe as incredible, if not better than any, but the sounds of silence Mm-hmm. that we have now in sports and you go to any kind of motor racing event, especially NASCAR. And that sound is part of your body. Uh, you, you can't help it and makes it that much more exciting. Um, you know, being friends with Steve page, I get to have some really nice seats and can move around the track. Yeah. Um, and so that, is another area that doesn't get talked about a lot, but the sounds of sport are incredibly important. And now we're silent and how that is going to be translated. um, You're still going to have those sounds, but if you're at a baseball game or a basketball game with no fans, yikes. I mean, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I think from a broadcast perspective, even in, you know, especially in, quote unquote, the stick and ball world, I think it'll be even more um, jarring as we watch and consume, consume without any fan noise or, or, you know, silence in the building and in the venue. 
I do think that, that maybe that'll help us a little bit in a weird way because we've got, you know, the roar of the engine and the power that comes. Certainly you don't feel it like you, when you're there face to face or when you're there in live and in, and in color, but, but listening and watching on television or radio and having some, being able to, to experience and know and, and feel the power and hear the roars of the engine in a strange way may help us not be quite as, um, off-putting or unique or or strange to watch as people start to consume again our races as well when when we come back with without fans or or guests in the stands jason as as you compare you know you mentioned you were in in the college world with IMT mm-hmm. college and and mba and some of your other experiences does does nascar and and the motorsport world is is there a different culture from a working perspective um you know whether it's dealing with brands or the the racers uh, or sorry the drivers or um, the owners like you were saying as opposed to you know we've had a couple different conversations on the podcast with with andy in terms of you know dealing with owners at a at a team perspective or uh, if you're at the league level dealing with all the owners right is there a different kind of culture within nascar is it more you know is it more family oriented, less family oriented. Yeah, I would think I, and, and yeah, the answer is yes on the family side for sure, but probably for me, it's unique in a couple of reasons. So certainly Richard Childress racing and Richard Childress and members of his family are intimately involved in the business. That's not unique in pro sports with family ownership and family participation for sure. Uh, but there also is a sense of family and camaraderie within the organization and I'll probably surprise you, but, you know, at Richard Childress Racing, we've got 15 buildings on a 75-acre campus with 400 employees, wow. which nobody wow. thinks it would be that big. Yeah. But if, if you also think about, we have no home venue again, right? So we are traveling and, and going to, I, thankfully, I don't have to go to every single one of them, but 36 races a year for 10 months out of the year. So you travel <laughs> and you're in close quarters and you're and you're working with your teammates um virtually year round you know i think i spent last year nearly 150 nights away from home uh, because the travel schedule is so grueling and brutal but then that does also foster this this camaraderie and this and this sense of family and this sense of belonging not just within rcr but really across you know the nascar ecosystem as you will because it's um you know tongue-in-cheek it's a bit of a traveling circus right we're 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 all competing together in different locations across the country virtually every single week in a new location. Yeah. The, the one other, we, and you mentioned it right at the start, you know, with the Earnhardt magical name, but one of the areas that I don't think gets enough focus and credit is the unbelievable R and D that NASCAR and all the other different circuits do on driver Mm -hmm. safety. We mm-hmm. saw an accident a few months ago that any normal person would say that driver is dead, period, yep. end of sentence. Yep. <laughs> and he, yep. you know, that famous picture of him walking out of the hospital with his kids holding his hands. Yeah. A, a moment on that, and, you know, again, came from Dale and others, the incredible work that's done in the science of uh, mechanics and the human body that is basically saving lives every day on the highways and byways of life that come from the NASCAR track. 
Yeah, for sure. And we've been on the cutting edge of safety. So you, you talked a little bit about we at NASCAR, but certainly even RCR has been um, very passionately involved, somewhat thrust upon us because of the tragic death of Dale Earnhardt when he was racing for our team. So we've been involved with numerous safety innovations and frankly, even utilize it to let some of the partners use it as an R&D program to then uh, return that back to passenger cars. We've been partners with General Motors and Chevrolet for uh, nearly 50 years. We've got partnerships with uh, Goodyear and the Dow Corporation in which they've uh, made a lot of safety advancements that we tested and tried in our race cars and have since moved on and utilized in passenger cars and other places. And the safety of our car is is through the roof and and the amount of time and effort that's being spent on that is is second to none just at rcr we have more than 50 degreed engineers that work on all kinds of different areas to optimize the car and make it run as fast and as safe and as and as 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 competitive as possible several phds that are working in this regard too along with many of our partners that help try to drive and understand and 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 continue to innovate on uh, on all aspects of the car and certainly safety is part of that Jason, as, as you, you know, you alluded to one of the myths, um, and I'll kind of ask this as we start to wrap up the episode and in that there are a few myths of, of NASCAR, but as you entered that world coming from college athletics and the NBA and, and other parts of the industry, what was maybe the one or two things that once you got in and you maybe learned in your first, you know, two months, you're like, oh, wow, I never thought of that or I never realized that. Yeah, it's it's a couple of things. I think over the last, I don't know, decade or so, and certainly we've been a part of that, too. When I thought about NASCAR sponsorship, I thought about beer and cigarettes and cheeseburgers and other transactional things for the masses. And we've really started to hone in on it becoming such a valuable and powerful tool for B2B and have worked in many more really what I would call non-consumer facing companies that utilize the leverage and leverage the platform to really kind of drive that value. The other thing I would say is, you know, a lot of people, yes, it's rooted in the Southeast. and A lot of people think that it's a Southeastern sport, but it really is nationwide. And Andy's helped but uh, do a little myth busting talking about the popularity of, of racing in wine country in Northern California. Andy, any any last words as we kind of wrap up the episode? Well, I don't remember the exact date of uh, Sonoma, but I hope, you know, we get to a point where we have that race and others and start to move back to the point of normalcy. But uh, we appreciate your time on the show today. And uh, I know that we want to put Jake in a car and get him up to about 200 miles an hour. <laughs> and that passion is see, which are, you know, and, yeah. and see, uh, you know, like the jet jockeys always uh, love to take people up and make sure they hurl uh, yep. in the G-force. But I know Jake can handle it, right? Yeah. If it's, if it's anything like indoor mm-hmm. skydiving... Oof, that's going to be a rough experience. It's like no experience. I mean, I've done, I did a hot lap with Mario Andretti at a a middling, you know, 125 miles an hour. And I'm glad my diaper was on. So uh, (laughs) it's all relative. 
there's there's nothing quite like uh, the speed and the power for sure. And we do we do that sometimes, Andy. We we do have our drivers uh, take some of our key guests and VIPs on some ride-alongs that uh, you know NASCAR is with a with a passenger seat as well. And when you start uh, when you get beyond 150 miles an hour and 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 beyond, it's 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 breathtaking. Needless to say. Well, thank you. It's on the yeah. it's on the bucket list. <laughs> Stay safe, sane, and speedy, and we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Andy. I appreciate it very much. Uh, good to talk to you and Jake as well. I appreciate you having me on. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, maybe we learned a thing or two along the way tonight.